Hello and welcome to the Future Of podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the future of being online. I'm Jonathan Narvi, your host, and I am with Shane Burley. That's Shane, right, I'm here. We're in the same room. We're talking to a microphone. It's the future. We're already living in it. That's amazing. Oh, I can't... How did we get here? Uh, you know... Uh, I was just doing the math in my head about how long it has been since we've talked about podcasting and blogging, like how long our conversation has been. We're now in like year 12 of, you know, talking about this kind of stuff, which is amazing. We have all kinds of insights and all kinds of experience that you and I just together, we should, we're, our, we're a powerhouse, man. All right. Well, <laughs> being that as it may, um, that, that's all good context, but I, I feel like people are uh, going to be wondering who is this Shane Burley? That's um, right. Who am so, um, why don't you introduce yourself? Well, uh, my name is Shane. I have been online since 1993 when I built my first website, and then about 10 years after that, there was a thing called blogging that started, and then suddenly, it became a big deal because thing stuff that I've been doing since the mid 90s, creating pages and things, and, and building a website that was essentially a blog at the time. Uh, software caught up to the humans and it became a way of disseminating your ideas, your thoughts, your feelings, business ideas, all kinds of cool stuff. And uh, it had a lot of power back when it started because social media didn't exist. We didn't have Facebooks or Google Pluses, which is now gone, but um, we didn't have uh, tweeting or anything like that. And now uh, we've come sort of full circle where we've had uh, the explosion of social and then it is now kind of dying off a bit because people recognize just how much of a time suck it is and as marketers caught up to the organic content creators uh, it kind of soured the, the pond a bit so okay. I think we're having a bit of a backlash now. Well we'll get into all of that in a little bit. Um, I, I, I wanted to also remind the audience or let them know um, that you are also the co what is, what's it called? Co-author of blogging for dummies back when that yeah, was um, I was actually thing. I you know it's really funny I just updated my website last night and I was going through all of the books and things that I've written and because I've noticed that uh, the blogging for dummies has continued and I actually looked at a, a, a preview copy of, of the one that's just come out um, but anyway I wrote uh, or co-wrote with my friend Susie uh, the second third and fourth editions of blogging for dummies and more recently, a couple of years ago, I published a book called How to Be a Vlogger, Blogger, and Podcaster in 10 Easy Steps, targeted at kids, of course. And uh, and then just uh, this September, the Vlogging Handbook is coming out, uh, which I hope uh, does well because it has a lot of, again, targeted for kids and things like that. So. All right. That's enough self-promotion. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, uh, I wanted to uh, give context about no, how important I was. That, no, that, that was... <laughs> It's it's all good. I uh, <laughs> I I did ask for that. I did, I asked exactly for that. So uh, you yeah you hit that one out of the park. Um, and just to give uh, our our listeners a little bit more context about how why I'm even interested in this as well is uh, you know what why I'm interested in the future of being online. Um, well, being online is sort of. It kind of rescued me from I don't know digging ditches all day. Like uh, it, it was, I was um, 
back in the 90s, I, I was it was a print journalist, and uh, honestly, I didn't have the best work ethic. <laughs> I uh, was not probably in the top 1% of all journalists across Canada or across North America, and uh, so my the, the future was kind of bleak for a middling writer who was working for a newswire. So... Being online, uh, starting off with blogging, doing social media, and then gradually getting into digital marketing um, for for different, uh, mostly tech companies, sort of gave me, uh, well, let me earn a living, um, and gave me a voice to be out there in the world. So uh, yeah. I am I'm grateful for the ability to be online. It's uh, you know it's I'm sure it's hard for people to think about what it was like to exist before this. This, this time period where, where it sort of comes to us so easily. Anyways, so that's my background, um, and that's Shane's background. And I, I wanted to talk about, um, you know, before we get into, into the future of this, uh, the future of being online, let's dive in a little bit more into the, um, you know, what was it like for, you know, maybe millennials or, or, or people who may, may not remember, uh, you know, the, the beginning of this, uh, well, what it was like to set up a a blog, have a persona online. I, I'm not talking talking about the the how to make it happen, like what technology we would use and all that, but um, sort of what you would be thinking about as you developed your online persona. Why were people even doing this in the first place? It was kind of experimental. Shane Burley. Well, from my experience, uh, from the context that I started. Um, I think initially it was just an it was a drive to talk to be able to tell people my story, like what was I thinking at the time, what kind of things was I doing online, uh, what interesting things I might have found um, back in the day. God, I'm thinking about all of the digging and the the scratching in the dirt, you know, back back in the early two thousands. But I think for most people. Uh, when they first get started in podcasting or in uh, blogging or any any form of content creation, like video as well, um, I think it's just a natural inclination for them to do it. They just want to. They have a desire to do it, and they find uh, a method for them that, that speaks to them, that gets their point across. And and it started out, it seems to me, a lot of, um, a lot of blogs were what I call today vanity sites. Yeah. Uh, you would sort of go on and... You didn't necessarily have that um, idea of, oh, I'm going to connect with a huge audience. That, that was kind of the, the, the nice thing to, to have. But you almost used the blog as an online diary. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a new kind of diary where you're spilling your guts to the world. And, you know, maybe somebody listens and maybe you get famous. Um, but it's sort of, I'm going to talk about whatever I'm interested in. Um, not a lot of dialogue going on, just sort of a, a broadcast to the world. Here are my thoughts on this thing. Yeah, before comments allowed people to actually respond, you had uh, people that were blogging, they would blog some sort of thought, they would blog some sort of idea, and then somebody else would respond on their blog. They would actually have a, uh, a conversation between blogs, essentially. Comments then showed up uh, probably mm, 2004 or so, and but that gave people the ability to then suddenly give feedback directly on the blog they were responding to, which was a great thing, and it worked for a very long time. Um, now all that's moved over it's to all social. It's all moved to social media entirely. Like there's no, 
I can't think of any blogs now that have comments on them. Even mine doesn't. I turned them off years ago because when you have the ability for people to leave comments, it's great, but suddenly you were finding people that were responding. They would tweet about your blog post or your podcast or whatever. So it just it was a natural place where the, the people would, uh, would go. They, the evolution went that direction. Yeah, the only comments um, I see for the most part on, say, the, um, you know, if, if I'm work doing some work for a company on, on the marketing side of things and they have a blog, uh, typically the comments that go to the blog are spam comments if they haven't turned on, on their spam filter. Yeah. Uh, That's or still a problem. <laughs> 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 I don't know why, but it is. Uh, yeah. um, and then I, I like that being online morphed from being this um, thing where I'm just going to sort of say my thoughts and maybe somebody picks it up, but, uh, you know, I, I just sort of want to get my ideas out there to we have now a space where you really can get your ideas out there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that that was the the promise of the Internet was uh, I can get my message out to millions if, if I so desire, and now we actually do have the tools to, to do that. Oh, easily, easily. Yeah. Um, and uh, so th there's also been this evolution of, um, you know, if, if the blog was sort of your home base, now it has, because comments and the conversation has moved to social, a lot of people have sort of, almost, I, I think, given up the, on the blog and, and uh, they're, they're sort of running their online persona on Instagram or, or Twitter or Facebook, um, LinkedIn. They don't, the, the, the blog is not the central hub anymore? It, I think, I mean, overall, it, it's definitely lost its power because people did go to social, they went to Facebook, they went to Twitter, um, and they basically gave up on uh, having a website, not just a, uh, a blog, but as their central sort of go-to point but I think it's coming back. I've seen a lot of people start to talk about blogging again, and I've had more inquiries, you know, as my business coming, you know, people going, yeah, I, I think I should be blogging again. And it's true because now that we've had this fracturization, like all, all these different platforms that exist, uh, people have picked and chosen, they've, they've, ch they've chosen the ones that, that speak to them that, that their audience might live on. But then there's the people that have grabbed onto every single social media platform and they haven't quite figured out yet so I find them going back to the blog, and um, but not necessarily having the blog as their particular platform. There's people that are using uh, other blogging platforms, like uh, Medium is a big one for uh, businesses, and LinkedIn is really getting into that market as well, where they're actually trying to say, hey, if you have an important idea, our platform is where you should share it because the audience that we have here is already in that mode. They're already, you know, if you're writing a business article on LinkedIn, you already have people that go there are already thinking about, oh. This is my business persona. I need to, you know, this is where I go to find information about my industry or other industries that I might be interested in and having those ideas of, of people writing specifically on those platforms. Yeah, but uh, a lot of that is also driven on, on the business side by search engine optimization. And I don't want to really get into the technical part of it, yeah. but, um, you know, for the listeners who aren't that technical, search engine optimization or SEO is how you get found online. Um, and the easiest way to do that or... I suppose the only way to do that right now is through text, through uh, searches, 
and on, on Google or, or other search platforms. And so long form blog content is still a great way for people to find what you're talking about, whether you're, ta whether you're out there as, a, as an individual or, or as a business. And so in that sense, yeah, the blog can still act as a central hub. But I want to get into something you, you talked about a second ago, uh, going to Medium or another third-party platform. I am really uh, divided on that. I'm, I'm on the fence. Well, no. That, that makes it sound like it's a 50-50 split. <laughs> I'm, I'm against it. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm against going on, say, something like Medium. I, I am totally for going on to a blog that, or, or some other website that has a dedicated idea that everyone is, is writing about, so, or, or, or a sector. So, you know, whether it's, it's we're going to talk about tech, or on this, this site, we're going to talk about uh, business, or this site, we're going to talk about travel. And that's, you know, all of the conversations we're having are, are around this um, this topic, but Medium and platforms like it are just a way for others to monetize your content. Like they pretty much allow anyone on that now. Yeah, and, and I always recommend people if they do use those platforms that they should be funneling them back to somewhere else, which is it basically it becomes almost like a, a a new version of a, of a press release, except it's, it's really specific because in theory, if you're writing on any of those platforms, you, you really want to have a really honed argument. You want to make sure that the points you're making are very, very quick and almost sort of bullet pointy in, in a lot of ways. Um, but it, it should always point back to somebody's central location, which I hope would have a blog on it because you kind of want to capture these audiences that exist in these in these bubbles and on these platforms and then break those people out of the bubble to come to your own little bubble where you've got your website, you've got your blog, your photographs, whatever it is you're putting it online. Um, and hopefully you've expanded upon the thing you wrote on the other platform. Um, I don't want, I, I really don't want people to kind of dive into those pools and stay in those worlds and, and write all of their content on them because you're right. I mean, they're being monetized by other people. They're being used by other people for other reasons. And, and, and you know. sorry, just, just to be clear, I have nothing against making money. I love making money. Oh, uh, neither do I. But, but why, are, why are you making money for them when you could be, have exactly. it on your platform? And the, the barriers to entry are now basically zero in terms of ease of use and cost. And it, it, it's, it basically requires very little sacrifice to get your well, own... The, the, platform going. Only reason to play in those sandboxes is they have audiences already. Now, I would not recommend anyone going to say Medium or, or actually even better, going to LinkedIn and be like, you know, I had the sandwich at this restaurant. It was really fabulous. The tomatoes were just the best. No, that is not what you want to be writing on there. You want to be saying things like, I don't know, say uh, say you're a, an ice cream parlor connoisseur and, you, and you've started your own ice cream parlor and you go in there talking about supply and demand of, I don't know, milk products to make the product you're building. Um, but, you know, I talk more about it on my website if you go here, is is kind of what I recommend to people. But um, but it's really about the eyeballs. There are eyeballs sitting there all day long, being notified by email, all of the things that are built into those platforms, telling people about new content. That's really the only reason. Um, so yeah, I, that that's fair. I, I would say 
You know, for something like LinkedIn, actually, I, I love LinkedIn for um, a, as a platform for getting your your thought leadership out there for whatever you, you want to talk about. Um, that actually, I, I know some businesses that are using that as their central hub, and it just makes more sense. It's a bit more. Yes, it's it's focused on business in general. It's the businessy platform, but Medium is so, and I don't know why I'm picking on Medium, because there's, there's other platforms. Out oh, there's better. tons of, there's tons. Um, but, you know, I, I, I would not want to put myself on something so generic that um, it's, uh, I, you can literally find anything there. You, you would want to go to, um, let's say if you want to put your business content on something, your, your thought leadership on something beyond LinkedIn, you know, getting into a magazine like Fast Company or, or something like that. I, th- I think it's easier to do that now. Uh, it's easier to be online on those kinds of platforms. Um, what do you think about uh, YouTube? YouTube, if you ask anyone who knows anything about YouTube or online video, they'll tell you it's the second largest search engine. Uh, next to Google itself. Um, and it's sadly true <laughs> because video, like television, is a very passive kind of thing and you're able to consume short bits of video, which if there's video for it about a topic you want, if you want to learn a new skill, there's going to be something there. Um, and I think it's really important because the one the one thing that we do, we do fail to recognize in, in text and in photographs is there's a, a just a, a skip higher level of connection between uh, two human beings, one watching the video, one who made it. Because in theory, if you're creating a video and you're sharing it online with somebody, with potentially a lot of somebodies, um, you have that. If you if you do it right, if you if you aren't. Have you ever had those videos where you watch them and it's like, hey, we're going to be totally excited about this one thing I'm going to be talking about. Well. I don't know. I, I get turned off by those. If it's the same yeah. person going, hey, I, I you know, y- this might not be the video for you. You might not be interested in what I'm talking about, but here's what I'm interested in. I'm going to express it to you in a very plain way. And I might I, I might get excited a little bit, but otherwise I'm just going to give it to you in the way I, I, I understand it. Yeah. And so I, I think I, that connection really resound, or is, uh, really, uh, uh, I had a word and I lost it. Uh, but it really makes that connection a little more, just a little bit more solid, I think. Yeah. I think about YouTube in a different way from, say, uh, Medium or, or another blogging platform in that um, the content is, it's a specific type. It's obviously, it's, it's a video as opposed to the written word or on, on a blogging platform, you can pretty much put any type of content, really. You can embed anything, but YouTube is videos. I'm, I, I like the... The, the promise of that, that you can be online and, and uh, you can get your message out in a face-to-face kind of way almost. But, yeah, I, I hate that most – it seems like most YouTube videos are horrible. Um, well, the quality is, is bad. And I, I, I guess that's just an 80-20 thing of, exactly, of yeah, human society. Exactly, that's exactly what I was going to say. Um, I mean, the problem is that all these platforms at some level have been abused. They have been, um, somebody figured out how to game the system, how to game how these search engines work. And they were able to create very mediocre, bottom of the barrel, guttural content 
that gets views or gets at least listed in a search because they've gamed it. And that's kind of why I'm thinking that, that these platforms like Medium and whatnot, for text anyway, are have gained so much attention and so much power because they are almost they almost have their own built-in content filters with people going to content and rating it either up or down uh maybe even not reading it they read the first two sentences like this is garbage i'm out i'm going somewhere else well maybe but where can they go this is the this is the problem is these platforms have built up they they built up as as a walled garden right yeah and and the problem is that these gardens have grown so big that actually that's the only space anyone wants to play in. Now, and and that's why there's so much garbage on YouTube in terms of um, like I, I'm a I'm a marketing guy, but um, I get a lot of marketing videos suggested for me that are just really they they may be high quality in terms of the um, effort that went into them. Um, clearly, you know, people know how to be on camera and, and they've got some good equipment, but it's just, this is not what I want to be seeing. And I, I, I guess, you know, it's my own job of, I, I can set up filters to, to not see what I, what I don't want to see. Um, but then beyond the um, getting around um, you know, where, how do I find the, the gem in, in this heap of garbage is YouTube is now, and, and this isn't, uh, YouTube alone. YouTube is, is, um, essentially censoring content, uh, making it harder for us to see things that I guess get caught up in, in its algorithm yeah. and, um, and demonetizing them. So again, if, if you want to be online and say you're on YouTube, and, uh, you know, it, it would be nice to make money with it as well. Now you have to be careful of, of the censor. So I'm, this is an interesting trend that, or, or maybe a scary trend that's popped up in the last couple of years. And so now you've got... You're talking about the whole yeah. uh, ad friendly, advertiser-friendly movement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe you can give a bit more context. Well, in, in terms of, uh, for the context of YouTube, I mean, over the past few years, YouTube has had an issue with um, with uh, content being, or sorry, advertisement being, uh, advertisements being displayed on content that the advertisers, if they recognize the content or see it, uh, they might not want to be associated with it uh, because their ad plays against some, I don't know, horrific... Uh, video from some other place, uh, they might go, hey, we're going to pull all of our ads and that'll be it. So much for you. So a lot of these platforms, uh, YouTube has been, of course, the most uh, covered in the news and whatnot. So they've had to deal with um, adding additional filters, adding additional ways that advertisers can control their ads and things like that. Um, And then we have, of course, the other platforms out there that... I have noticed, just because I have been doing research on them for the past few months, are actually collapsing because they don't have advertisement. So a lot of these negative kind of bits of content are being posted there, but no one watches them there. They don't care that it's not YouTube. It doesn't have the same features and whatever. So um, yeah, so we've had this backlash of kind of like in, in, in the cable, uh, or sorry, the uh, broadcast uh, networks back in the day where if your show offended a particular uh, group of people, 
uh, they could say, hey, no, that's unacceptable. We don't want it. And your show could be canceled because of it. So the same thing is playing out on, t- on, uh, on the Internet now. So um, the mm-hmm. only way to really get past that stuff is is going back to the, 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 the central hub of having a website that has your blog on it. Uh, that's why it becomes that much more important because uh, even if you post your video to YouTube, you might find if you treat YouTube properly and you have done, you've created your channel, made it pretty and all these kinds of things and you post to it on a regular basis, which YouTube loves, like every day, um, then you're able to sort of harness that energy of a few people finding you on that particular platform and then funneling them back to your website. Um, that's really the only way to play and sort of fight against that sort of thing. However, um, I'm curious though about this um, sort of getting back to YouTube. Yeah. I didn't want to yeah, quite no, finish it there. Sure. Um, there's this new site that's coming out, or maybe it's already out, uh, developed by Jordan Peterson, ThinkSpot, I think it's called. I've heard of it. I haven't checked it out though. I don't so, know what's up yet. Yeah, I mean, it, they're not just opening it up to anyone. It's I think they're sort of the, um, what's it called, intellectual dark web people they're, yeah, they're yeah. opening it up to, to those folks um, so that they, they want to have some vetted people so they don't have a bunch of you know sort of neo-nazis uh, you know yeah, moving yeah, over yeah. there um, and uh, you know this is a reaction to what YouTube and other platforms have been doing with with the um, censorship which you know I, I see the devil's advocate position on on the um, on the censorship side of things uh, where yeah of course you, you don't want to be um, you know advertising your, your product next to um, you know let's say some I'll, I'll, I'll take an obvious stupid example would be you know if someone sort of uploaded uh, every speech by Adolf Hitler yeah, and um, uh, you know, and with with no context, just had it in. Or actually, the the context would be, this is great. <laughs> the <laughs> yeah, context exactly. would be, um, I think this guy is really onto something. Um, and whereas, uh, actually, what we've seen is, um, and I'm pretty sure this this is uh, true. So I'm I'm uh, I, I've I've heard some. Uh, I, I've heard people discussing this online. Is is the um, examples of say high school teachers posting um, historical content about uh, the Second World War and um, say Nazi image imagery or um, uh, or or they just they just mention the 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 name Adolf Hitler and and that gets demonetized or or yeah. uh, can't get viewed anymore. So this think spot thing um, that. I, I like the idea of it where it's just, okay, well, free market of ideas. I don't think they're going to allow um, the garbage that has infected YouTube where it's, um, you know, pretty much just people trying to game the system, getting getting eyeballs with stupid stuff. At, at the same time, I, I, I suspect, like, that they might not, they wouldn't kick you off for being dumb. Yeah. Because um, the whole idea is, you know, free market of ideas. If your stuff is dumb, nobody's going to watch it. Well, I mean, that's that's the thing that I've I've actually been saying this for a long time, probably at least four or five years, that the future of online content is eventually, I hope, knock on wood, going to become uh, curation, where there will be actually human beings that uh, will be able to sort of point people to content that's actually worth viewing, that has some sort of value to it. 
um, because right now we're going through, we're coasting through that, you know, I'll click the next video because I'm bored or tired or I'm in bed with my tablet or whatever. Um, that's always going to exist, but it is difficult to find decent things, things you might be interested in, things you know nothing about that you want to learn about. Um, so you have things like the Peterson thing where it's basically curating its content and not to mention curating its audience. You know, they have their, you know, right now at least, they're picking and choosing who actually can come in. Um, imagine if Facebook did that. I think they're doing that to basically test out the technology well, well, so it doesn't exactly. crash. Well, well that's yeah. what I'm saying, yeah. is that they don't yeah. want to be flooded. Like, yeah. I mean, YouTube has to deal with that all the time. Yeah. And I think partially one of the problems that YouTube has now is that they're viewed as the place to go where really they're just a technology that's like, here, it's hard for browsers to deal with video. It's getting easier as, as HTML develops, blah, 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 and all the nerdy stuff. But YouTube answered a very important question you know, in 2006 when it launched because it was so hard to put a video online. So as those things have evolved, um, they're now, I think, kind of being mistaken for a, te a technology being mistaken for a platform that's supposed to be doing something about curating content. Uh, which they're being forced into because of advertisers. So, mm. I mean, there's there's all kinds of stuff around that the whole thing. So, it I think eventually I'm hoping that there will be um, a curation kind of idea that uh, blogs, in theory, could do that. Mm. You know, there are some ways of doing that. Sorry, sorry mm. keep going. I, so, I, yeah, I I wanted to talk also about the psychology, not that we're psychologists, no, but the, the, you know, sort of the, the um, emotional um, foundation, not quite sure if that's the phrase, of being online. Um, I, I think what I'm trying to get at is how, how you contrast being in real life, being in this world, with being online. Does your persona change? Um, and should it? Probably. Um, you, you know, there, there's certain me question. mechanics that, that um, you know, go into successfully being online um, that you just, uh, you know, uh, an, an easy example is, is Twitter. Like, uh, uh, you, you simply, you're incentivized to behave in ways that would not be acceptable in the physical world. So you would not go into a, a crowded food court and just start shouting the most toxic, vile things because you're going to get the most uh, the, the most reactions. Um, and, you know, because that's what you're looking for. It doesn't matter if, if uh, people like it. It's if you get the reactions, that's, that's what you want. Um, well, it's like uh, a number of years ago, uh, Funny or Die, or one of those online comedy websites, uh, had a video called Twitter in Real Life. And it was one of their comedy writers walking around New York for a while, you know, coming out of a subway entrance going, what is there to do here? You know, <laughs> just shouting it to the world. And then, you know, going to uh, Central Park and going to the big famous fountain going, it sucks, but, you know, it's where I'm at right now or something like that. And then walking around with a picture of a cat going, who wants to see a picture of my cat? You know, just shoving it in people's faces. So you have all these people reacting in sort of the real world, like, what? The, this guy's a creep. What? However, you're right. On, on Twitter, it would be perfectly acceptable to behave that way. Which, uh, what, was, what was your original question? Um, well, just how we oh, right, um, yeah, yeah. S smartly decide how to, uh, how to behave 
when we're being when, when we're online as opposed to in real life. Um, you know, what are some sort sort of rules for the road? It let's say you want it to be a good citizen online. Um, how how would that look as opposed to say you know being a stand up guy um, in in the real world? Well, funny you should mention it. Yesterday, uh, I read an article uh, on Business Newsweek or whatever the heck it was um, about how how to be a good citizen online because, um, and it was partnered with another article, at least that was the one that I found right away, um, about uh, how to how to kind of avoid falling into the gaps of the ASAP world, where the article first was talking about how to be a good citizen, but in light of, of how platforms treat others. So the, the, the example they were giving was there's a, a, an online chat system called Slack. And Slack's incredibly popular. It went public this past week, but which is why they were writing about it. But they were talking about how much, how platforms like Slack cause this kind of burnout situation where people are, uh, when they're posting things on these systems, they're private generally, so they're, you know, there's only a certain audience that's there. And, but it, it somehow makes us demand things instantly, like that whole instant messaging sort of lie that's out there. Well, I um, mean, that's been going on outside of online. Like you, you can imagine, um, say, the you know, a boss calling up his executive assistant on the weekend. Well, uh, exactly. On, you know, on, on But the article phone. was talking about yeah. how that has, how the, the mm. how people act online has been filtering into, into systems like that, mm. where uh, on Friday, uh, yesterday, uh, there was a, a situation where a, uh, an online video game platform that I've been, ex- been trying out recently uh, it was taken down because somebody somebody set up a bunch of a bot network and, and went after them and brought them offline. And the company did all what it could do. It just said, hey, sorry, this is happening. We're dealing with it. We'll be back online as soon as possible. Might not be today, but definitely tomorrow. And they were very reasonable. They were just like, this is what's going on. Here's what we're doing. Here's what we're going to be doing tomorrow. And the responses were, it's Friday night. My life's ruined. Like people like... Would you, if, if somebody walked up to you and said, you know, like in the Twitter example, hey, uh, so Jonathan, yeah, I'm sorry, that thing you really like, it's going to be offline tomorrow because some idiot down the halls just, they pulled the plug. So we're going to, we're, we're working on it, man. And you'd be like, I want my sandwich now. I don't understand why you can't give me that baked sandwich that I really like. What's wrong with you? And in order to survive that, I mean, we already know that that if, if, if anyone reads about this stuff online, about the psychological impact of, basically keeping up with the Joneses, you know, like I like that person on Instagram. They have this great life. Oh my God, I suck because I don't have what they do or, uh, which get enough of that. And you could become a negative person and you could be somebody that, that puts negative comments out there. Like, you know, acts like a douchebag on Twitter and says, Hey, uh, you know, I know that you just had a baby, but Oh my God, your baby's so ugly. Like, Oh my God, like what's wrong? Is your gene pool damaged? Like I have seen so much ugly stuff. Mm. But it is interesting how we as human beings react to it because you can either choose to react to it, I think, and this is what I tell my clients, like you can choose to react to it in a way that's emotional or you can just try the whole, I will now be the reasonable, rational human being and I will either ignore them or I'll give them a reasonable reaction that, that might answer their question, even though the, you know, the, the commentary could be incredibly, you know, just insanity. But it drains people. It, it drains people. 
in, what? in my experience anyway. Yeah, well, look, um, we can talk about the <laughs> ugliness of being online and, and interacting in that way. Uh, I, I think we've, yeah, we've, we've, we've covered that, but you know, you could stay in that rabbit hole for uh, oh, eons. Yeah, easily. Um, I, I, want, I was curious about your thoughts on internet fame being, um, you know, not, not so much what they would call an internet celebrity, but, or, or maybe that that's part of it. But, um, you think about say people who just start up an Instagram account, um, and, um, you know, there, there's a lot of, especially on Instagram, you see a lot of beauty and fashion accounts and there's a lot of uh, a lot of people who are putting themselves out there um, and and they have like a hundred thousand subscribers on say um, them wearing swimsuits yeah. and and um, I've seen it well yeah we're guys so well no, no I, I, I've, <laughs> I've seen people uh, talk a lot about that kind of stuff where yeah. I mean the whole idea of it being internet famous I think there's so few people that actually naturally anyway are prepared to deal with it mm. Um because it can be overwhelming. If suddenly people are coming up to coming up to you wanting to kiss your ring, you're like, um, I gotta get a ring, I guess, you know. Or you could be like, no, no, I have nothing. No, I'm just Joe. Yeah, I, it's it's hard. I think it's really hard. I, I I I again, I'm divided on this as well. Like I, I mean, there there's a part of me that's envious. It's sort of, um, you know, oh, you can uh, put wear a bikini. And um, now you've I got a hundred thousand subscribers, and you uh, and and you're making money. And how is this different from me? You know what I was saying at the beginning, where uh, being online sort of saved me from a life of uh, digging ditches. Like if if these people can make money just with visual representations of themselves, taking taking a, a selfie a day, yeah. and and they're making good money. Um, that's you know, it, it seems like they're dumbing down the internet and it also or, or dumbing down society and it also seems like, well, good for them. They're making money and they're they're getting famous and I I'm with you on that. I I'm quite divided because the content inherently really has no value. Like there's no real value in it. Um, when you have people advertising products that are in the photograph or somehow make the photograph make sense, um, then okay. Yeah, okay, the value to me increases because you know, so-and-so made a great body butter or something, you know, whatever it is, if you're in your bikini and, and you're on the beach or on a poolside, you know, kind of thing, um, then okay, yeah, all right, then that makes total sense. But for the sake of creating that content in order to be, um, I don't know, famous in a way that uh, just for the sake of it, I mean, that's always going to exist. Reality TV poisoned us in that way. A lot of people bought into that sort of stuff and it's, you know, it's evolution's gone to the internet. But I think ultimately, um, I kind of side on the well. If you're making money and you're being consistent and you're not behaving badly, or you're not not necessarily behaving badly, mm. you're not being a bad actor. Mm. You're not uh, taking advantage of your audience. You're actually being responsible for your audience. Mm. Uh, which I always tell people: if they do get an audience, don't take them for granted because they're there. They're lending their time to you, uh, and you need to make sure that they are that the value they're getting is important like it's it's important to them it should be important to you um but again it's it's such a hard thing to deal with because 
Uh, sometimes you might create some content that goes off, it becomes a sensation, people love it, but it might not be something that you made because it's what you want to make. It might have just been like a lark. And I had a client do that. They made something, it got a huge response, but it was like, I just did it on Sunday afternoon and I you know, thought it was funny, but I don't want to do that every day. That's dumb. So yeah, I mean that's it's the problem of, of being able to be re- being responsible is really kind of the thing. But so we're we're running out of time. We're actually going to get pulled out of this recording studio <laughs> in a gonna, second. Yeah, I can uh, see the uh, the shields are up. Yeah, they're coming in. Yeah, the um, but I I wanted to ask you. You know, we we've, we've talked a lot about you know the the past and present of being online, and uh, you know, any any final thoughts about the future of being online? Where is this all this headed? I think. My hope for the future is that people recognize that their content should be theirs on their own platform, not on somebody else's. Um, like we were talking about earlier, like with the mediums and the YouTubes and all that kind of stuff, and the LinkedIn's. Um, I think they should play in those sandboxes uh, a little bit, but they should always make sure their focus is, I'm going to give them something that's going to be worth them reading. If they decide I'm not worth following after that, no problem, great, I'll do it again next week or whatever. Um, but ultimately, people coming back to their own online place, whether it's a blog or just a plain website or whatever it might be. Um, but uh, that's to me the key for all of this, especially if they want to get an, if they want to build an audience. That to me uh, is probably the most important piece because sure you can make videos, sure you could make tweets, sure you could make Facebook posts, or you could make LinkedIn posts, whatever. Um, but what if those platforms go away? Mm. What if they decide your pla- your content is not their cup of tea? Uh, make sure that you have your own place where people can go and find out what you're doing. Well, uh, again, this ties into the whole promise of the online world uh, that we've been talking about is you can do your own thing. So you really have to build your own foundation, have your own home. So, exactly. Mm. Exactly. All right. A uh, good note to end on. Uh, You have been listening to the Future Of podcast. We've been talking about the future of being online. Shane Burley, is there anything else? uh, If if someone wanted to find you, where where would they find you online? Uh, Well, if you want to find me online, you can go to... I have two websites, uh, but the one I rebuilt last night, which tells you everything about me, is shaneburley.com. Perfect. All right. Oh, and, and that ties into... You built a home where you are living online. Fantastic. All right. Thanks very much, Shane. It has been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Let's go drink some beers. Yes.